Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Romeo Carey podcast. Today, reaching into our archive back to 2018, it's the ongoing documentary production of probably the greatest Hollywood talk show host that you don't know, Skippy Lowe, the Skippy Lowe documentary. Because he touched so many famous people in Hollywood, I have access to literally everybody who's still alive, and that was thousands of people that he interviewed. This particular gentleman was huge. Jeff Maxwell, born Jeffrey Maxwell Knott, K-N-O-T-T, but he used Jeff Maxwell as his acting name. He's, uh, he's an American actor who played Private Igor Straminsky, a recurring character in the television series MASH. He appeared in nearly a hundred episodes. That was a classic CBS comedy from 79 to 83. It's included, uh, uh, he did also the finale, Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen, which aired in uh, 83. And, you know, if you didn't know it, the you know, the scripted broadcast called MASH is the American history. It's the story of Vietnam. And also a, a TV series that still holds the title for the most watched, I think it was 121.6 million viewers and 50.1 million households tuned in. Just a little background on Maxwell. His film debut was in 74 with Mel Brooks. He was, uh, he was in Young Frankenstein. He played one of those title characters, the medical student. He was also featured in the 1977 sketch comedy film, Kentucky Fried Movie. He had a solo scene titled Feel Around. That was a huge box office success directed by John Landis, written by Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker, who these guys subsequently did that film comedy Airplane. And he also had, you know, leading up to and beyond uh, MASH, he was in ABC's Eight is Enough, The Waltons, House Calls, NBC. He was in Chips. He also had a short-lived game show where he did uh, Shopper's Casino in 87, 88. He did quite a bit of radio also, but we got him for the interview, and what an amazing, just charming gentleman in amazing shape. And I know he's still making the rounds, doing all those MASH kind of uh, retrospectives. Without further ado, here is Jeff Maxwell, star of MASH. Take it away. <laughs> remember that something happened I don't remember exactly what it was but he was not happy yeah, he did how you doing hey Marcus Uh, no, I'm not. I, um, no. 
I think if there was a right opportunity and I didn't have to drive too far, I would do it. But I don't, I'm not a big fan of auditioning. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not a big fan of saying, okay, you got to be on La Cienega at 345. And uh, I live by Pasadena, so doing that at 345 and then going home is like sure. unbearably painful. I live in Pasadena too. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, if, I, if you have a steady gig and you do it, that's one thing. But if it's, you know, one time on Tuesday and then one time on Thursday and be over there and be over, I just kind of went, you know, screw it. But the right thing. You look good on camera. Oh, well, thank you. That's right. still got it, kid. Hey! I've had a tr I have had a uh, a uh, voice thing, so I'm not uh, in in perfect voice today. But yeah, well, we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. You want to sound like Cary Grant? <laughs> I would like to sound sound like Cary Grant. Yes. Uh, we've got great resonance. Your voice. That's like I think actors the number one. The, you know, just the voice is everything. You know, it's just amazing how the voice gets you. Even, you know, you could have a, a leading man, and the leading man, even the leading woman, it's just the voice that's really carrying the beauty. It is. I was always a fan of uh, Alan Alda's delivery in his voice. He w I, I really enjoyed listening to him. And he started out, when MASH started, and I started on MASH, he was very uh, Groucho Marx-ish. He dropped it, uh, you know, three or four years into it. He kind of let it go away. But I didn't like that. I thought that was, I wasn't a big fan of MASH in the beginning. <laughs> I didn't think. What did you go, 11 years? Yeah. Yeah, I always thought I had a, a, a voice for silent films. You got a great voice. Oh, you. you do. You have a I great voice. <laughs> Got a great radio voice too. I mean, great. See, yeah. Voice for radio. No, no. You could do both. You could do anything. It was fun doing radio. I miss doing that. I really had a ball doing the radio show, what working station? with my friend what too. KFWB, KRLA, KL, uh, KBC, and uh, something else. Wow. No, I think those those are the three. Wow, you were yeah. in the. That's as, that's as big as you can get. Yeah, we did well. We did good. It was fun. All right, I think we're about ready. All righty. Unless I don't know, my phone's in the other room, so we're good. Okay, so starting off here, let's mark the date. Today's January 25th, 2018. Now, if you can give us just your spelling and how what you want for your title for the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> what would I want for my title? <laughs> Uh, well, Jeff Maxwell, J-E-F-F-M-A-X-W-E-L-L. -L. I think that would be good, graphic-wise. Okay, but you don't have any moniker under it. You like to say actor, producer, writer, Sometimes you don't put anything, but some people want it, so I just ask. Okay, actor, producer, writer. Actor, producer, writer. I've done them all, okay. so let's do that. I've done those. And you give us permission to use this uh, footage for the... I do. I give you full uh, permission to use this, um, no matter where it goes or who watches it, okay. or who pays you for it. 
And I, I understand I get 14%, right, of anything that comes in. Forty percent, okay. right? Is that right? Yeah, fourteen forty. Boom, that's fine. Yeah. Um, fourteen forty rule. Fourteen forty rule. I like that. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's take it from the very beginning. What, where, and do you have any early recogni uh, recollection of Skippy Low <coughs> uh, when you first uh, came across him? I remember Skip E. Loeb from watching him on television. So I didn't know him personally until I met him when we did the interview. Uh, but anybody who was kind of an actor and trying to be an actor was familiar with him because he was such an interesting character. And uh, I think it became, in one sense, he was kind of a joke. But as you watched him, uh, you became more and more engaged by him because he was so much fun to watch. So even if he was a joke, it was his joke. And I think he was uh, very aware of it and uh, very committed to it. And I think that's what made him so appealing, is that in any acting process, uh, you have to tell the truth and you have to be committed to that truth. And I think he was committed to his truth and that's why he was so cool. So I first saw him on television, like a lot of people did, and I thought, whoa, whoa, who, what? Who is that? And uh, I just kept watching him, and he had a lot of great guests on. Uh, and that, so you kind of, you know, he was around, you know, Skip Elo wasn't on NBC, but he had his thing on public access, which at that time was kind of the forerunner to YouTube. Um, and he was just, you know, he was kind of, uh, kind of like, <laughs> like a, a traffic accident. You know, you could not take your eyes off him. You had to watch him. Um, it wasn't until I met him personally when we did the interview that I, you know, had any personal relationship with him. Could Skippy have crossed over into mainstream and, and had success? Uh, could he have? crossed over into mainstream, I think he uh, could have now because he would have been able to do it via YouTube because YouTube has made uh, so many people, quote, mainstream figures and mainstream performers. I don't think it was going to work when public access was around because at that time I think it was still, public ac access had a bad rap. Uh, it was cute, but it, I don't think it was taken seriously by people who could have uh, kind of... Uh, uh, put Skippy in the, in the mainstream of show business. Um, so he had to stay in that vein, but he minded, you know? He did it about as well as you could. So, um, but I do think if he was around now and he was kind of just starting with it, boy, on YouTube he'd be a star. He really would be, I think. Do you have any memorable guests that you remember Skip interviewing that you Uh, no, <laughs> I, I really don't have a I don't have a great memory, and I don't have a great memory of back then seeing any guests that I, I, you know, quite frankly, whenever I think of Skip E. Lowe and the show, I think of Skip E. Lowe. I don't remember the guests. Uh, he was just more fun, I think, than most of the guests that were there. Uh, so, uh, even in my own experience being interviewed by him. 
I totally forgot we were doing an interview, and I was totally engaged in who he was and couldn't keep my eyes off him. How did, how did the interview come about? I wrote a book uh, about my experiences on MASH. It was called The Secrets of the MASH Mess, The Lost Recipes of Private Igor. And uh, uh, in the PR of that book, my the people who were working the PR for, the, for me in the book uh, called me and said, hey, we got you the Skippy Lowe show. And I, I, I kind of forgot because I hadn't seen him in quite some time. I know Skippy, Skippy Lowe, Skippy, 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 oh, Skippy Lowe, cool. So I was, and I'd done a, a bunch of, you know, promotion for the book, but that one I went, wow, this is going to be fun. So um, that's how it happened. I, uh, what was that experience like when you walked me through, like, where, where it took place and how he prepped you and how the interview actually trans uh, transpired? Well, the, the uh, PR company set it up, uh, and I, I believe, it, it, now that I think about it, I believe we did shoot it here in this very place we're shooting now, Beverly Hills High School. And uh, I came in, and it was kind of dark and cold, kind of like it is here. Well, it's not dark, but it's kind of cold. And Skippy came over, and he was very uh, kind of upset. He was very nervous. And I thought he was going to be nervous, but I didn't expect he quite. <laughs> and he, I'm Skippy Low, I'm Skippy Low. And then he kind of started yelling at people because something had happened technically with the cameras or somebody didn't show up or somebody passed out. I don't remember what it was. But we, we lost a camera, we lost something, and he was really upset. So I said, oh, well, gee, I'm sorry, you know, Mr. Lowe. I, <laughs> I, and he said, just sit out, get down there, and we'll be all right back. So he ran around, and it kind of got quiet, and then he came back, and they turned the lights on, and uh, we started the interview. Uh, there was no prep, really. He just said, well, we'll talk, we'll talk. And uh, I said, okay. And I was excited to meet him. You know, I, he's, he was just such a colorful guy. It was just a, it's like meeting one of the seven dwarves, you know. <laughs> wow, it's really you. So that was, that was that. Skip. Um, <laughs> what in the interview, while you're, did you almost like have to pinch yourself to say, wow, now I'm that guy in sitting across from Skip? Were you, were you in that weird kind of space where... It, I have to admit, for the minute, or for a minute, I, I kind of uh, went back to Skip Elo as kind of a joke. I thought, well, you know, because you get on MASH or some show and all of a sudden you get into another mindset and you go, oh, I'm on a big TV show and I wrote a book and people are interviewing me. So you kind of get a little heady and a little full of yourself for a few days. And so when I went, though I was excited to meet him, it was still kind of, oh, Skippy Lowe is the joke guy. This is going to be a goofy interview. Right. And then the interview started. And uh, I'd been interviewed by a bunch of people before. And we started talking. And I was very engaged by his colorful nature. But he was asking me questions. Uh, and the more we talked, the more I realized that some of the questions he asked me, he would then start talking about himself. And that 
It was kind of funny to me that he was, you know, Jeff, so MASH, MASH. It just kind of scared me. <laughs> Man, when I watch MASH, you know what I think. <laughs> and so he kind of got off on what he thought. And what I realized about that is that that made me feel really good because he started a conversation with me. It wasn't just, well, I'm going to ask you a question, Jeff, and you're going to answer it. I'm going to say things that I would normally say if we were sitting around, you know, in, the, in a coffee shop. And I'm going to talk like me, and you're going to talk like you. And so that conversation not only put me at ease, but I, it made me realize that he was a really, really good interviewer. And yeah, he has been satirized by many comedians and kind of ripped off by some. But he really was a kind of a pioneer in a very specific personality. As I said, he was committed to it, it was truthful, and he owned it completely and he did it. And so when he did that, that created a, 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 a relationship between us. And I think that was kind of his genius is, you know, he was doing it and he, he had, he got an interview like some other people had not gotten one out of me. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, when I was through, I was totally impressed. Totally impressed. That's interesting because that, that's, what, that's what people who sat across from him, that he, you, when you sat across from Skip, it didn't matter if you were a, a nobody or if you were, if you had reached the heights of Hollywood that, you know, that, that, that's rare for anybody, he yeah. was right there with you. And more than anything, it was all about adoration. And you can feel it. You could feel the guy was like just in love with the idea that I can ask you these questions. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think he was, uh, he was in love with, uh, also, you could see his joy at being himself. You know, you get that from people, and, and you can see when somebody's really enjoying being who they are, and that's what I got from him. He was just loving being Skip E. Lowe, and loving having this guy named Jeff Maxwell from TV show MASH. He was loving that, too, and he was loving telling me about him <laughs> in many, many cases. It, it was just delightful, you know. I. Again, I, I, people have, have sort of you know, made fun of them in the past, but I, I don't do it, and I'm, I don't let anybody do it anymore either because I really think he had a genius quality. I don't think we'd be doing this interview if he hadn't. Uh, I don't think people would still know his name if, we, if he hadn't had that quality and that genius-like ability to engage people and um, give you what you wanted. He got, he got answers out of people, he got into a conversation, he started talking about himself, and then at, that interested me, and I started talking about him too, and then he started talking about me again, and it was great. He's a good guy. Too bad. Would, uh, do you think Skip has the potential to be, uh, in the future with this documentary, with YouTube, and just getting his body of work now in front of the world, do you think Skip has the potential to to to, to rise uh, and become like a you know a name again? Not no, Jeff. I mean, he never had a name, but he, he lives in the fringes. But do you think he can go above that and become like a you know like a meme? 
Well, uh, anything's possible. <laughs> uh, I don't see any reason why um, it handled the right way and and uh, with uh, you know with some uh, reverence and some appreciation for what his skills were and who he was. Uh, if if his abilities are shown, um, you know, to a lot of people and they get a sense about him that he was a committed guy, he was a real guy, he loved what he did, he loved show business, he loved actors. Um, I don't see any reason why that would not be a compelling thing to to want to know about and to watch. And certainly Skip has a story. I, I didn't know him all that well personally, certainly, but every all of us have a story and I know he has one or 12 or 42 <laughs> and so the more we understand of that story and the more we see uh, the work that he did and he did a lot of work you know we were talking at all the you know tons of people he were he interviewed that's not easy to do uh, it's not easy to compile that many interviews uh, and keep it going and keep it interesting and keep people willing to do it that's a lot of work one guy did um, just hearing that story and how to do that, I think, is interesting. Anybody who's a young person wants to do this or wants to interview people, wants to be on TV and be a host, um, you got to look at him. You got to look at Skip E. Lowe and say, what was that? What, who, who was he? What was he doing? And why do I know his name? And why is he compelling and interesting? So, yeah, I, I, think, I think he's worth uh, while and I think he's a valuable character to know about and to watch. Is he a good model? You're you're an actor. Do you look at him and say, oh, you know, people go to the zoo to study animals. <laughs> they, you know, they want to just pick. Uh, they want to pick idiosyncrasies out. They want to add it to a character. They want to, you know, part of part of acting is you know creation and 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 adding to your your repertoire. Do you think Skip? was that kind of role model for an actor, a uh, comedian, or anybody with a sense of like, what is this guy doing that he suspends my animation and how do I, how do I get <laughs> that from him? Did you, did you see him at all that way? What? <laughs> was Skip, what was the question? Was Skip, was Skip, from an actor's point of view, was Skip a, was he the subject of somebody you want to derive some, some inspiration, how to be uh, colorful, or how to, how, to, how to be, you know, you, you know, people borrow stuff from, from uh, uh, other actors, and, you know, I'd watch him, I don't know exactly what I'd borrow, but his animation and his, <laughs> just his, his his way of doing stuff. I mean, I don't know if you know the story. Go ahead. I think style. I, I think that's a good thing because whether you're an actor or a host or whatever you're doing, you're a singer or you're a dancer or whatever, you have to have, as I said, commitment. I've used that word too many times now. But you have to have a commitment. You have to have you. If you don't bring who you are, it's worthless because, you know, anybody can go, hi, how are you? But the thing that makes it memorable, 
is what you bring to it and who you are bringing that question. And so certainly you had Edward R. Murrow and you have David Letterman and Johnny Carson and you got Skippy Lowe. All of those guys had style and Joan Rivers, I, to be fair, all, everybody. Uh, and so Skippy Lowe had style. <laughs> and so if you're somebody who is trying to go into show business or learn something from people, watch everybody uh, and then try stuff out. Uh, comedians steal material constantly when they're starting out just to see what it feels like to say the words. How do you do timing? How do you do rhythm? I'll be, you know, Merton Burrow. I'll be Jerry Lewis. I'll be, uh, you know, uh, whoever. You just, you, you take the act and you say, well, what, what does this feel like to try it out? And does that fit in my mouth? And is the rhythm right? And can I say these things? And do I feel it? And can I connect emotionally with those words? And you learn something by doing that. And actors will pick styles. Like you say, well, I'll be, you know, uh, Anthony Hopkins today or somebody. Skippy Lowe had style. So if you're trying to learn your style, sure, be Skippy Lowe for a day. See what that feels like. You're not going to be Skippy Lowe, but something of you is going to come through his, uh, his uh, realm and you're going to learn something about who you are and how it feels to be who you are by kind of putting on somebody else's mask. So yeah, you can learn about yourself by kind of watching him and seeing what he did and seeing how does he do that personality. The way he moved his head, the way he kind of came at you and squinted his eyes. <laughs> and they'll say, what are you doing? Mash. And that's a style. And there ain't nobody like him. And uh, so you can watch, oh, sorry, you can watch him and, um, and begin to understand you got to reach down into you and find what, find your skippy low. Um, and you will. And sometimes it helps to copy somebody for a little bit in order to help guide you into that uh, center of your own, of your own uh, personality. So yeah, absolutely. He's a, he was great. <laughs> it's a great character. <laughs> great character. Wow, very insightful. That, that was that was uh, that was golden because no place did we ever get in a conversation where the true essence of what we were after was that this guy was naked, and he was not just naked. He was all over it. He was like one hundred percent gonna leave his fingerprint all over this moment and there is no hiding from s that experience yeah I wish I'd have said that that was good <laughs> <laughs> no I I think you're right yeah I mean he he uh you know I've taken acting classes I should probably take a lot more acting classes but um you really learn about being centered and about having your own truth and telling your own truth because if uh you don't show up with it, then if you don't believe what you're saying on some level, nobody else is going to believe it either. So you have to learn how to do that, and you have to learn how to do that and filter that through the words that somebody gives you to say. And Skip had that quality of being able to bring everything he was to that moment. Like him or not, 
think he's crazy or not, he was there and he was going to be Skip E. Lowe, period. And it was up to you to be whoever you were. And if you were okay, great. We're, we're going to have a good time. We're going to do the dance. But, you know, um, he brought it. He did bring it. Wow. That's amazing. Now, when yeah. you did shows, when you did shows, like, I'm sure you, 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 you lived the, you lived the, a Hollywood life. But when you got on a talk show other than a Skippy Lowe show, did you show up with, holy crap, I better bring my stuff to this. I better like unload everything I am at this. This is my little. This is my little window. Or did you usually show up for those things, unlike Skippy Lowe would, and just kind of just went with the flow? Uh, me personally, I'm kind of an improvisational guy. I came into show business doing that, and I spent a lot of time uh, studying with people who, a woman named Viola Spolin, who was kind of the the mother of all improvisation. And she really taught a lot, and her protege, the uh, guy named Stephen Book, give him a plug, he's a good guy, he was terrific. And so I came at, at, at the world in acting through that improvisational process or technique. Um, and uh, so I, I, was never, uh, I was never a guy who wanted to sit down and prepare a lot. Um, so I was happy to walk into a, a show and a in an interview and in a conversation with a guy like Skippy Lowe because he was just as interesting to me as me being there to talk about me was, <laughs> uh, if not more so. You know, after the first few times you say, yeah, yeah, I wrote a book called Mad Secrets of Mash Mads and Igor, you know, you go, <laughs> you know, okay, I said it enough times and yeah, and I'm there to sell a book. I'm there to get people interested to buy the book. But I was there to have the moment. For me, being in show business and being alive and doing this stuff, no matter what it is, is to have the moment. Because uh, if you're not alive, you're not going <laughs> to have the moment. So whatever it is, I want to be there and live it. So I enjoyed uh, the opportunity that he gave me uh, to be able to talk to this rascal guy uh, and have a good time doing it. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I wish I could, I have nothing, uh, all I can do is say good things about him because that was my experience. I'm sure, you know, that other people go, that's Skippy Lowe, you know, let me tell you. Wasn't my experience. Did he, no. try, did he try to sell you a book or tell you about his book? <laughs> um, I don't remember him doing that. He may uh, not have had his book back then, huh? What year did you do the interview with him? Do you remember? I think my book was 96. Uh, not 1896, 1996. The Betty Grable book, I think, came out after that. Yeah. I think it was like 2000. <coughs> yeah, yeah, definitely in the 2000s. We didn't have a book yet, but he was always, he, the idea of writing a book, he'd always say, why don't you write the book? He's like, Kathy, you got a book there. Well, he, uh, another a friend of mine who was, uh, was a uh, director, writer, still a friend of mine, he did an interview with Skip as well, and he had a book come out, and that's how... You know, I guess Skip did a lot of, you know, work with PR companies, and, and when a book came out, he went, hey, let's, you know, and the PR companies would, you know, approach him, too, I'm certain. So, uh, but he never suggested that he had a book at the time when I did it, no. Yeah. no. Who did he interview with that identifies Skip as the, he was the, he'd give tips to, like, the Enquirer and, and all the... Well, Jackie Stallone told us that. Oh. Kelly Kirkland told us that. Right. That he would do what? Give tips? 
just tell stories through the National Choir. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was always fascinating with publishing, even if it was him manufacturing the stories. Um, you know, the, the newspapers or... And one thing I remember, um, he was very, of course, you had that close-up, you know, it was right, right here. Again, style. I mean, who does that? Skip Elo does that. Again, style. He figured that out. That's going to be my deal. That's going to be my personnel. That's going to be my calling card. That's going to be my identification. That's going to be my shtick. And it worked. I never forgot it. I can see him on television now, and I'm, I can see him... I can see the whole thing, and it's very clear. He created that for himself, and it worked, something we all remember. But I remember also how intent he was. You know, he talked to a jillion people. And I, I didn't consider myself to be anything other than another guy he was talking to, but he was in your face. <laughs> he went right after you. <laughs> and which made you feel important, you know, like you were there to say something. Um, so I give him a lot of credit for that because a lot of interviewers won't do that. They'll kind of, well, he did, not to say that he didn't go off in his own, you know, little world and say stuff about himself. But again, that was so fun and that was part of him. That was so much of his personality that it was, it was great fun to be a part of that and help the conversation. But he did give you the moment that he was interested in what you had to say. Your book, write about MASH. Really about MASH? So it, it, it oh, okay, so it kind of, you know, made you sit up and say, okay, I got to do this. I'm, I'm doing this right. I'm going to say this stuff. So, Did you ever get to see the video that you did with him? I did. A uh, very, uh, very nice uh, fellow named Robbie uh, sent me that uh, link to it. So I, I, I did. Wow, so it took that many years later to see it? You finally saw it? Uh, you know, it, uh, uh, yeah. I had I, I had never seen it, and I I felt bad that I had never seen it because I I think I would have been much more appreciative and I would probably expressed a lot more appreciation to him um, had I seen it. But at the time it was a very hectic time, and the book came out and there was a lot of pressure on me and I was running all over the place, and we did the interview and um, you know life gets in the way and gets complicated, so I. I, I do not remember ever seeing it until uh, I saw it recently. What was that like? What was it like <laughs> just to experience something that was a memory and now he gets to see it for the first time here? Well, I, I, was, I liked uh, the, how my hair looked, um, personally. Uh, and then uh, it, it, uh, I, I liked going back uh, to the memories of Skip E. Lowe and remember seeing him, remembering seeing him on, on other shows and kind of growing up uh, with other actors. We talk about very people on TV and we, we used to make fun of, of public access because there was a lot of terrible stuff on public access. It's just awful. And so I came from a world of comedy so we would satirize that. We'd make fun of it, make jokes about it. Um, but when I saw the interview it really impressed me about how um, how giving he was in his own way, and how committed he was, and what a great character he created. And uh, I was very grateful to have been a part of that moment. Uh, I'm I'm grateful to have been a part of many moments. Certainly, Mash was one of them, 
Uh, but I've done a lot of things in my life that I'm certainly proud of and grateful, not only in and out of show business that I've been a part of, but I was great, grateful to have had the opportunity to do that with him. It was a, it was a fun moment. He, he's an icon, really. He really is. Did you ever hear the story of um, Skippy Lowe being, uh, his character being uh, uh, stolen in a way with Jiminy Glick? I, I, you know, I have, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I know, I, you know, I've seen the character done, and it's done very well. It was a very, very funny man doing it. Um, I think he, he's also, it's kind of a combination, I think, Merv Griffin. Uh, he took a lot of stuff from Merv Griffin, and certainly some of the, perhaps, mannerisms from Skip. Uh, but boy, you know, imitation is a great form of flattery, so... You know, okay. <laughs> was it was it his character originally? Did Martin Short? Martin Short did Skippy High on Second City TV or whatever. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, he did Skippy High, and then he did. Uh, Boy, I don't remember that. Uh, Jiminy Glick, which he first said was Skippy Low, then he denied it was Skippy Low. Uh, but there's evidence, you know, all over the internet that he. Had, had sure. Funny, towards the end of sure. towards the end of Skip's life, he was uh, Skip was. He liked that it was him, but he was also he thought he thought he should get some credit. Someone should just say, "Hey, I borrowed it from Skip." So he's always it always perturbed him because because Martin Short would would never give him credit. But I said, "Skip, did you realize he put the E in there just to let you know where he was coming from?" And Skip stopped and he went, "That fucker." <laughs> <laughs> Jiminy, Jiminy, yeah, well, you know, you, you can't argue with success, you know, he did the character, and as I say, imitation is the highest form of flattery, you know, go with it. I mean, uh, the Ritz, I think Jerry Lewis, uh, somebody said that Jerry Lewis took all the mannerisms from Harry Ritz of the Ritz brothers, and... Uh, Jerry Lewis never said, hey, you know, I got all this stuff from Harry Ritz. So, you know, you take it and you do it and what are you going to do? But I, it's very evident. I mean, nobody's, it's not a big secret. And uh, I got my pearls from Jeff. You got anything else? Uh, yeah, just a couple things. <coughs> you, you talked about, you know, uh, Carson and Arsenio and Leno and all those people. Where do you think Skip was on that? show ladder was he on the bottom rung or were there people below him where would skip be on the talk show ladder compared to guys like that well I think that uh, he'd have a tough time on that same ladder because he wasn't a quote comedian he was an engaging uh, very very specific personality um, that did a great job uh, engaging people and having a, a great conversation. And he, he carved out a, a little part of show business for himself by being exactly who he was and by exploiting that as, as best he could. Um, I don't think that he could, quote, compete with those guys uh, because they took and spent years and years um, learning their craft in terms of being a comedian 
and that means being in clubs, you know, for five, ten years and bombing your brains out across, you know, Oklahoma and <laughs> uh, Michigan. Uh, and I don't think, not that Skip couldn't do that, but he just didn't do that. That wasn't who he was. So it would be tough for him to compete with those guys um, because simply they were comics. They were comedians and they brought all those years of comedy into the interview process. And I don't think Skip did that. He didn't need to. He was being who he was. So they wouldn't necessarily be able to do it like he did it. Um, so he, he didn't do it like them. He did it like Skip. You know, Skip did begin his career as a comic. Did he really? Yeah, he worked for West Houses and he performed all of Chicago. Uh, he performed for the troops. He would go out and to Vietnam and places like that. It wasn't the USO, but it was another offshoot that uh, performed. He went out with uh, several big name singers, et cetera, that, uh, that performed. So he did have that comedy background, but I think as he morphed into the talk show thing, he kind of let that go by the wayside. Did you ever hear about his showcases where he would present new talents or ever go to do a show at the Comedy Store where he had the You know, I didn't. I, I didn't know that. I, now I forget everything I just said about the, what I said about the comedian thing. I didn't realize, but I still don't think he was as committed to being a comedian like they were. Uh, I think, like you say, he, I think he, he broadened himself in, in some respect. He, he, didn't have to, uh, he didn't have to show up as the comedian. He could show up and have a conversation with me about my book and make it real and make it a, a conversation without having to um, uh, enter, uh, commit uh, a, a lot of comedy to an audience and get a lot of laughs out of that audience. So whether he was talking to me, uh, talking to me or somebody else, he wasn't um, burdened by having to be funny. Um, Jay Leno and, and those guys you sh they show up, they have to be funny, or they're, what, are, what are they there for? Uh, so, yeah, he was a comedian, comic, burlesque guy, which is great. Uh, I mean, that's some of the greatest stuff came out of burlesque. But I think in, on, some, on some level, he, he grew to the point that he could let that go away and not have to be, uh, uh, ha have so much responsibility to show up and be hysterically funny all the time. Uh, I think he had such a great character without having to do that. He didn't need it. You know, he didn't need to get those laughs to be a kind of a fun guy to watch. And when he interviewed you about the, the book, the cookbook, uh, did you find him ill-prepared? I mean, he was famous for not really knowing what his guests were on the show for. <laughs> did, did, he, did he even crack the book before I have no idea. I I wasn't prepared either, so it was two unprepared guys sitting there having a conversation, probably, which worked. I mean, I saw the interview and I thought it worked really well. Um, he knew it was a book, <laughs> so you know. So Jeff, tell me about your book. <laughs> Pretty much all he has to say. I think he I think he was uh, I think he brought up a couple of things that would indicate that he at least looked at it. I'm sure he got a copy from it by the PR company, but I don't know how, I don't know how prepared he was. I, but that was okay with me, because like I say, I wasn't prepared either, so 
we got along very well. <laughs> and my last question is, uh, you, you've done a little Skippy impression throughout this interview. Sorry, sorry, Skippy. Uh, nicely done. Thank you. Romeo, to me, is, is number one on the Skippy parade of, of impressionists. Uh, you had the co-author of Skip's book in here who told Romeo he was the worst Skip impression, and he did an impression for us that sounded like Lawrence Tierney. Ah, so uh, yeah, well, not even close. Not even but close. But could you, uh, were over the end credits, we're thinking about having people saying hi, Skippy, or hi, Mary, bye, Mary. Was, uh, did you know, did Skip ever call you Mary? He called everyone Mary because he couldn't remember names. <laughs> <laughs> I No, okay. I, he never called me Mary. So I, I, I remember, yeah. We could just get you in your best Skip impression saying hi, Mary, and bye, Mary. That was going to run over the end credits. Mary. Hi, Mary. Mary. Mary, right? Mary. Hi, Mary. 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 Mary? <laughs> and a bye, Mary, and we're good. Bye, Mary. Bye. Bye, Mary. <laughs>